So I wanted to speak a little bit more on gratitude. Um, and then gratitude for the gift of life is, is like the originating uh, impulse for religions and for spiritual traditions in general. So that, you know, not taking that for granted, you know, this, this precious human life. And in the Buddhist tradition we have, you know, two contemplations which are, you know, suggested to be done on a regular basis. The first one is, you know, to contemplate the preciousness of this human life. And, and why is it precious? Because we do have this uh, self-reflective consciousness and because we have that, we, we have this uh, opportunity, uh, you know, to make a choice. We can make a choice, you know, what actions we are cultivating and and which actions we are not cultivating. So we have uh, an opportunity, you know, to create wholesome karma and to abstain from unwholesome karma. And karma means action in the Pali language. It doesn't mean, uh, you know, faith or anything like that, but it means, you know, we do have an active choice what we want to cultivate and what we don't want to cultivate. But because, you know, our habitual uh, traits can be very strong and our instincts are, of course, very strong, so we need to have this power of mindfulness and we need to purify the heart and the mind in order to be able to enact choices. Because otherwise we just get simply carried away as soon as there is a impetus or a trigger we just, you know, say something or do something or eat something or drink something. And afterwards, five minutes, ten minutes, an hour later, we wake up to it. That's too late. So ideally, you know, in the meditation, we are training ourselves to develop this uh, sensitivity so that we are noticing already, you know, in the body if, if there's a build-up of something. So it already is like an alarm bell going off saying, oops, be careful. You know, maybe it's skillful to remove yourself from the scene and to not go close to this trigger for some time until we have enough strength, you know, to, to be able to have an active choice. So this preciousness, you know, of the, the human life where we can cultivate this ability for choice, where we can change our karma, so to say, this is why it is such a precious opportunity. It's considered you know, the most precious one of all of the different realms we can be born into. According to the Buddhist teaching, there is like six different realms we can, uh, you know, kind of um, be born into. And the human realm is just in the middle, and it has this special, you know, mixture between pleasure and pain so that we are not too preoccupied with pain but we also have a certain amount of pleasure but we don't have too much pleasure we don't get too much carried away because there's always something going wrong so to say quote unquote and that kind of brings us back makes us you know gives us an impetus to want to practice to want to understand you know what we are in so that's why the human birth is considered very precious and you know we should reflect on that from time to time and 
that gives us like a sense of urgency and you know, not to squander this opportunity because who knows you know next time round it's not sure that we're going to be a human being again because according to the buddha's teaching you know only if we have a, you know realized a certain level of insight then we be reborn as a human being otherwise we might not and you know some of you might not agree with me on this and that's fine but i feel like uh, even if it wouldn't be true it would still be a good way of thinking if it brings a sense of urgency because it makes us take this not for granted and the second uh, you know reflection which is also suggested is to to reflect on the fact you know that death is certain only the time of death is uncertain <coughs> and we don't know when we're going to die could have many moment it's not sure that we're going to be still alive in an hour even in a minute so that's also a practice you know which can really help us to wake up for example when we drowse in the meditation to reflect you know this could be my last breath if you really fully open yourself to that idea i think it should have a, an impact if it's only superficially and you know, just the words you can just keep on you know staying removed you know from from that truth but if you really open yourself to that i think it should really help to bring that truth home so those two contemplations and uh, the preciousness of human life and the fact that death is certain those two can really help us to stay interested i think and as i said before you know gratitude is is a skill we can learn and if we do practice that skill it brings our life into a bigger context and it gives us a perspective on on the situation it helps to dissolve negativity and it in an open our mind to a much bigger picture and then you know even we don't have everything we think we need to have but we do realize that there's a lot we do actually have a lot of um, amazing resources we draw on every minute but we really need to you know train ourselves to be able to see that and through that seeing you know we we see stakings it all for granted so easily and this skill we need to learn like you know cleaning cleaning the windows really to be able to see more clearly into the depths of this uh, experience you know which is uh, a human life and the buddha's teaching are all about that you know helping us to see more clearly what is really going on rather than you know being stuck on the surface and just um, cruising along and um 
for example, you know, the First Nation people who have been living here, you know, on this continent before the European people came. They have, for them, you know, and it is still today, like the um, practice of gratitude was seen as a, as a really a sacred duty, as a necessity, really, not as a politeness. A necessity, you know, to keep the circle of life and death turning, you know. It was seen as a, a sacred duty, and at the end of today, we're gonna, Ayanna Bodhi and myself, we want to read out the Thanksgiving address from some of the tribes which have been living here for a very long time and who are still, you know, preserving that wisdom in their traditions and who have a lot to teach us in this day and age, you know, where we have become so removed from those very ancient laws. And gratitude can also be seen, you know, as an antidote to consumerism, as Ayananda Bodhi has been, you know, mentioning in her talk in the morning. And you know, consumerism and, and corporate capitalism, which really belongs together, which makes a lot of effort and puts a lot of funds into spreading a lot of misinformation, really, deluding us, you know, day in and day out with lots of... Uh, really dangerous um, conditioning, you know, through the media. And we really need to make an effort you know, not to be carried away by this. Because it's very seductive, really. It's excellent brains, you know, studying deeply about the human psychology in order to be able to sell more stuff. It's, it's a very peculiar madness really which has you know taken hold of our culture and you know practicing these contemplations can really help us you know to develop an immune system against this you know to help us to f to shift the focus onto what we need to have and what we need to be in the future, to what we have here and now, right now. And I know from my own experience, you know, how difficult it is and how enticing and seductive, you know, some of this information is, really. And very deep archetypes, you know, which can be hijacked into carrying us away, you know, into believing, you know, that if we're going to just get the next this or the next that, we're going to be happy. But then once we are there, because the momentum, the habit of everything is always better in the future has been so deeply kind of ingrained into our systems, of course, it's going gonna, it's gonna to keep on going, you know, and that's what the definition of samsara is. It's always somewhere else. It's always just a little bit out of reach. And if you stretch a little bit further, if you buy a little bit more, if you do a little bit something different from what you're doing, then you're going to have it. But then, of course, that same momentum is never going to stop. It's only going to stop if we really start to notice it, how it manifests you know, in our body and minds as this kind of a very strong karmic momentum 
you know, of, of greed, hatred and delusion, really. And gratitude is one of the antidotes, you know, how we can build a foundation from which to start work with those energies. Because we need to stand somewhere. And gratitude can, you know, bring that home that we do actually have a lot going for ourselves, you know. We have, we stand on solid ground, so to say, even the ground is, is a process rather than a concrete ground. But it's a process, it's this web of life, we can't never fall out of it because we are part of it. And, you know, and standing in that truth can give us, you know, the courage and the preparedness, you know, to open up to it and to let us inform about this. And I just recently read or heard somewhere a very beautiful way, a very beautiful image, you know, to depict that truth. And, you know, the universe was compared to a tree and the flowers of the tree, this is love. And the fruits of those flowers of this tree is the human being. And the truth in the fruit is gratitude. You know, gratitude for the way things are. And gratitude, you know, for that vulnerability which we can open up to in order to really feel into this deep interconnectedness. Because this is a vulnerability, of course, which is born out of that complete interdependence. But it's not a vulnerability which is, you know, impoverishing us or, or making us, uh, you know, it's not a, a burden or it's not a curse, but it's actually, if we really fully open up to the vulnerability, we become invulnerable because we can never fall out of this web. But, you know, to, to arrive at this courage to be able to really open up to it, that's what the practice is all about. And it's indeed not easy because our delusions tell us, you know, such a different story. And I'm not exempt, you know, from that delusion. But I'm just kind of trying, just like everybody else, you know, to familiarize myself with this truth by going into the depths of my experience, you know, regularly through the meditation. And also, you know, uh, practicing gratitude or, you know, developing the skill of gratitude brings us more trust and also more uh, generosity. And I've just recently also read about an experiment which was made, you know, where it was very clearly seen that, you know, if we are practicing gratitude, then generosity is, is an automatic response because, you know, we learn to trust more other people and also we learn to recognize more how much we are benefiting from others. And then, you know, generosity flows forth much easier. And there was an experiment done where, you know, some scientists, they, they had two different groups where people, you know, went to telephone uh, boxes to make a call. And in some of the boxes, they left some coins there so that whenever somebody came in to make a call, they just found a coin there and didn't have to pay for the call. 
And then when they came out of the telephone box, somebody would walk by and just drop uh, like a, a bag of books on the ground. And the people who came out of the telephone box where there was a coin left for them, they much more frequently helped, you know, to pick up the books because their hearts were like kind of open, you know, because they were really touched by having found that coin, even if it was just a small thing. So, you know, there was very clearly demonstrated the connection between gratitude and, and generosity. And I think that's, that's very interesting, you know, because it's both about opening the mind, you know, and doing something quite different than from what, you know, the conditioning tells us about, you know, you are a separate being in a hostile universe and you have to kind of look after yourself. So how important it is, you know, to those little things, you know, they, they are really make, can make a big difference if we are consciously, you know, developing them and understand, you know, this is a skill which can be learned. It's not like just something which drops down from the sky. And it's it's you know it's really seen this this capacity for for empathy for generosity for gratitude these are social skills you know which have played a very important role in the evolutionary process of the human societies because once you know those those uh, sentiments you know were more recognized as, as being really empowering and gave the, the, you know, human groups this capacity to, to cooperate and to work together and to, you know, do things which were not possible for other species who didn't have the capacity for, for this degree of empathy which we do have. Even, you know, there is many areas where, where we as a human race, you know, do not show much empathy, but we do have the capacity, we can develop it, we have the equipment, we just need to practice it. <coughs> and, you know, in another way, how we can maybe, you know, bring that more home, this, this truth of interconnectedness is to just, you know, when we go out for the walking meditation to reflect on the fact, you know, that, that we can live here on this planet has a lot to do, you know, with all of the different plants which have been, you know, gracing us really with this level of oxygen which we have on this planet so that we can actually breathe and live here, you know. Like in the beginning of you know, when this, this planet came to be the first two billion years or so, there was no oxygen around. And then later on, you know, through very ancient plants, they produced oxygen. And still today, you know, it's really the plants and the trees which keep us provided with oxygen and also which keep, you know, the planet, temperatures on the planet in a way that we can still live here if we cut more of them down and if we treat them in the way they are treated in many places, then, you know, this capacity will be not working for us any longer. So, you know, when you go out to walk, maybe you just want to stand 
you know, in front of a tree and just really take that in. You know, what you are breathing out, the tree is breathing in. And what the tree is breathing out, we are breathing in. And it's true. There's a constant exchange happening. But we need to remind ourselves because it's not something we are thinking often about, I think. It's a skill to develop. And then, you know, the way how we are living life, it can become much more beautiful, really, because it's, it's uh, more connected with the depths of what's happening here. Not just in a rushing from one thing to the next and, and being only always half conscious and feeling constantly somehow something is missing. It's going to be in the future. I have to rush there. And then when you're there, you rush to the next thing. And this is really on the basis of consumerism because, you know, if we are constantly in this dissatisfied kind of a rushing, we always think we need more because we, we, we not really take in what we already have. And the practice of gratitude can really, you know, be the beginning for such a change. A stopping and, and a taking stock of what's really happening and, you know, dropping deeper and seeing more clearly. And shifting the focus from what's missing to what's already always here. And then gratitude is not something, you know, we have to crank up. It's just a natural response to, to seeing the truth. And this is why, you know, spiritual practices were, quote unquote, you know, designed in order to respond to that upwelling of gratitude by recognizing what's happening. They weren't kind of cranked up because people, you know, felt they, they need to be kind, they need to be nice, and they need to be polite. That was a real movement of the heart. And then, you know, it becomes a tradition. And some of the original impetus, you know, it's getting lost. But we can come back to it. Because we all have it. We just need to kind of clear clear it out a little bit or a big bit depending you know how how distracted and deluded we are I'm working on it for a very long time and I keep on doing it I like very much you know, what Joanna Macy says. She speaks always uh, about the great reciprocity at the heart of the universe. She says it loves you back. You know, if you show your love, it loves you back. But if you don't, you know, open up, you, you can't really recognize the love because you can't see clearly. Or I can't see clearly. So to really 
you know, familiarize yourself with that. It requires a certain sensitivity. And, you know, the word to cultivate, bhavana in, in, in the Pali language, or gom in the Tibetan language means, you know, that these words are used for, to say what meditation is all about. It literally, it means to familiarize yourself. You know, to familiarize yourself with, with a very subtle truth, which is always operating if you know it, if you recognize it or not. And we familiarize ourselves with it, and this is why it is a skill, you know, which needs to be learned. Because it, it so easily escapes our awareness. And, and the culture you know, doesn't provide a lot of guidance in this yet. But this is where you know, these, these subcultures are developing, like uh, you know, the yogi subculture, where we are learning those skills, which helps us you know, to develop antibodies, not to so become carried away and infected you know, by the consumerist message. To be able you know, to keep some sanity in this circus, really. So gratitude is a skill, you know, which can help us to to delight and appreciate what we already have rather than always, you know, leaning into the future. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.